Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. And Noxus, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I know that uh, you've stopped by my streams a few times and we've chatted a couple times, so I'm excited to have you on the show and, and to hear a little bit more about your game. So without further ado, why don't we, why don't we just get into it? Tell me a little bit about how you found Rocket League and, and what's kept you here for so long. Yes, um, I started, at a, I started um, to, um, to watch Rocket League uh on streams in 2015 and um me and my cousin we um, had a talk about rocket league and we are really interested in soccer so we thought that um maybe we should try it it looks kind of cool and fun so we tried it for a couple of months and um i thought it was all right <laughs> and my <laughs> friend just loved it right away mm-hmm. but um uh so i had a break until 2017 and um, I played to, uh, until I got to champ and I just thought like uh, I hate this game I can't play it anymore <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few years later in 2019 I found out that uh, ah, maybe I should pick up uh, Rocket League again and I did and I uh, instantly fell in love so I had a love and hate relationship <laughs> with Rocket League, to be honest. I don't think you're it's... the only one. No, probably not. So um, now I just love it, and I think it's the um, the best game I ever played, to be honest. What's the difference between now and then? What changed? I feel like uh, uh, when I got more into the game. Uh, I knew a lot, uh, a lot more of how it is and how it's, how you play it, and the more in, um, insight to the game knowledge and the, the strategy. Does mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I'm just love the feeling to, to pass the ball, to put the ball in net, and all the small details. It's just fascinating for me. And the game was like that in 2015 when you played it the first time, right? So what was what was the difference? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> what brought you back in 2019? What was it about the game that you were like, oh, maybe I should give this another try? Uh, my friend uh, was extremely hooked by it. He had played since 2015, and uh, our friend group, he was the only one that played. Mm. Um, so he asked me many times and I thought like I haven't played so much so I feel I'm too quick to judge so I thought like yeah can't you just uh, teach me and coach me a little bit and uh, maybe I'll get the hang of it Mm. and uh, I did so what rank were you and what rank was he when he brought you back in the game I was love diamond I think he was champ one okay so there wasn't too much of a difference. No. Okay. And now where are you rank-wise? I'm GC2 right now. Oh, okay. And where is your friend? What rank is he? <laughs> He's uh, champ 3. Yeah. Oh, champ man. Three. You left him in the dust. <laughs> yeah, I did. We have talked about it and had a big laugh about it because now I'm teaching him <laughs> and did- before he teach me. 
does he still play as much or are you playing more than him like what what how does that look now uh he he doesn't play a lot i have i have a lot more hours uh each week i would say Mm -hmm. so um and i am have the feeling that i have taken it a lot more seriously Mm -hmm. than him do you do you think you know of anything or have anything that you can point to that has maybe personally that has caused you to take it more seriously this time around? When I f- first find out that Rocket League was a game that I loved to play, I had so much fun and I still do. And I am um, always been looking for how to improve as fast as possible. And I'm kind of that way in real life too. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious about things and uh, how it works and how I can do them. And uh, yeah, I'm just a, a curious man about everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And would you say it was the same way back in 2015 or that has grown more over the past few years or like think, when it was when it was in 2019? I think that has grown on me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then what, when you were learning back in 2019, when you got started again, uh, how, how quickly did you rank up or what was kind of the process of getting back into the game? How did you spend your time? You know, how did you learn? What did that look like once you got back into the game? Uh, at first we played a lot of ranked matches. We hardly only, um, played ranked. Uh, we was we were uh, we were extremely hooked by um, the grind and uh, seeing the. We weren't so interested in the improvements, to be honest. We just mm-hmm. wanted to get up there to GC. But um, as soon as I realized uh, I'm I ain't going nowhere, uh, as we played, and the time went by, the months went by, and we uh, didn't see much improvement. Mm-hmm. And then I thought. Um, I was like Diamond 3 Champ 1 after a couple of months. And I thought like, people are in GC. I have looked at their plays and replays. And I just thought like, they were extremely fast and good. And I wanted to be like them too. So I went uh, more in the details of what they did and how. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, how they... um, Figured the things out for themselves, and uh, it's. Well, I've just been curious and watched a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. on tutorials, and um, started to do more research. Research, sorry, hmm. about the small things. And can you can you elaborate on these small things? Like, what were you looking up? What did you discover? And then, how did you? adapt that into your own game i looked up the typical uh, topics like uh, how to get gc and uh, and tips and tricks in rocket league and i felt something worked um but as i got better i feel like uh, the most popular videos on youtube and uh, facebook gaming and so on they talk a lot about the topics like flip resets for instance mm-hmm there you uh, drive the ball uh, to the ball and um, you don't boost in the 
uh, in the start of the, I'm not sure of the word, but in the, um, uh, in the beginning of uh, the wall, mm-hmm. the bow. Um, oh, and like the and, corner. Yeah, the corner. Yeah, much easier to say. And um, and you just hit the ball uh, in a soft way, and you stop on the wall, and then you fly after the ball and try to hit it under mm-hmm. into a car. And I thought, like, okay, yeah, I should tr- I should try that. But I didn't, didn't get the hang of it. And they said you just need to get a feeling. And I'm not sure if you heard someone said that. I don't, I don't, I can't point to like an explicit time where I've seen somebody say that, but I, I can oh. understand where you're coming from on that. Like a lot um, of mechanics are just feeling like you have to f- figure out the feel of it for yourself. I, I kind of think is what you're saying. Yeah. And after I have, I have been coached by, um, yeah, high level players, there's been so much more detailed about everything. Mm. Like I thought it was so simple, as they have said in the popular YouTube videos. But after I've experienced it by myself, I found out that it's much more uh, uh, difficult, actually, and much more detailed. And when you get to know the details, it's a lot easier to to just do it, the mechanics, and also in the game knowledge, a game sense way. So you're talking about like uh, flip resets explicitly in this situation that once you had more details, you were able to figure that out and, and do it a lot easier. Yeah. And after I acknowledged that, I found out it was a lot more of the game that are in the same way. Mm. So what were some of these details that you heard about flip resets that then made them easier for you to execute? Um, it's to... Uh, to get the perfect touch from the wall and get the ball out in the air, you need to hit it on the front of your car, not on the corners or anything. Perfectly mm-hmm. on the front of the car. And it will just fall right in front of you if you have the perfect speed. And mm-hmm. that that's where the feeling comes, I guess. And uh, also what uh, where you boost on the way to the wall and up the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, when you you should never uh, for example you should never boost in the corner while you go up the wall because when you uh, uh, are in the air and after the ball you uh, will uh, maybe get a flip but the car will drop down a lot so you wouldn't reach the ball with your second flip Mm -hmm. and I have uh, tried to do flip resets so many times and that, that just happens every time until I just saw a Facebook video of a professional player that were more in depth uh, of how the flip reset works. Huh. So you feel like having more detail, and this this was just a different video that you saw. This wasn't necessarily any coaching that you got. This was in a video that you saw that you got these like more yeah. in depth details. Hmm. Hmm. And that is what kind of unlocked flip resets for you. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, you probably spent a lot of time practicing them at the same time though. Yeah, for sure. Okay. How, and do you feel like you can do them consistently now? Is it, is it like a thing that 
you really feel like you have in your repertoire is like you just can do them? In a way, yeah. I feel like now, while I'm in GC2, I feel I can't do it in in the speed that is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working to do it a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But if I go now on training and try to do a flipper set, I will make it uh, yeah, 7 by 10 times, I think. Okay. I mean, Maybe that's... More. I would say that's pretty good for consistency considering you know what other people that say they can do flip resets and then can't get them hardly at all Mm. so what are what are some of these other details like you mentioned that you got or you watched a lot of how to get to gc videos or you were finding these other details of how to improve how to get better what were some of the other things that really like struck you or really stood out to you that you added into your game that you discovered that were kind of the, the first things that you started to work on. Um, I was researching on, um, on YouTube and I found a guy called the green warrior. I'm not sure if you heard about him. I feel like I've heard that name a couple times before. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a lot of uh, subscribers at YouTube. I think it was like 800 when I um, visited his page. And um, he had his anal- anal- analysis sorry, of um, players he had coached that he um, posted out on YouTube. And mm-hmm. when I watched them, uh, then I just first understood how much more it, it is uh, around just a simple game of Rocket League how more detailed it is, and I started to implement uh, his tips and tricks into my own gameplay. Mm-hmm. And these tips and tricks, let's let's hear them, because I want to get to GC2, so I need to know these things. GC2, uh, I got shocked when I heard it, and it was a little bit from him, and also one of my friends that have been over 2,100 in uh, MMR. And... Um, the game sense in, in twos is extreme after you hit champ three or GC one, I would say. Do you Most mostly the, play twos? Uh, I did before, but when I started to play in uh, tournaments, I focused most on threes, but I'm trying yeah. to get back to twos now. Okay. So a uh, little bit of both, to be honest. Sure. Go back to what were you saying about game sense in twos? Yeah. Um, when I play solo ranked in twos and my way from GC1 to GC2, uh, I felt I felt like um, people didn't have um, the knowledge about how you should. Um, uh, um, sorry, I should um, rotate because mm. when your fr- when your uh, teammate is in the opponent's corner uh, and the ball is is coming up for a clear or maybe you can catch it as the second man but they don't think like if you miss the 50 50 your two uh, both teammates are in the opponent's corner and they, um, the enemies has the whole field open for themselves mm-hmm. i feel like they don't think about what they do and they don't um maybe they think what they do but uh they're not cautious enough they're more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Think like we need to score to win, 
that's the mindset uh, that I have experienced though. And I was mm-hmm. like that myself before I was told that you should try to be more uh, on the backside. And also um, think that while you play, the goal is to not get scored on. That should be the goal. Was to I not get scored on. Yeah, that's the goal. And um, the goal they told me that I mm-hmm. should have in my mind. Uh, and often in Champ 3, uh, the, the opponents are um, not so uh, consistency, consistent with their shots and their flips or mechanically, I would say. So when I started to be more... Um, um, be more calm in defense and understand that I don't need to panic really because mm-hmm. <laughs> always when I played Rocket League I panicked in defense and um, when I understood that you don't have to and you get to know what kind of shot and what kind of dribble is dangerous and what's not mm-hmm. it's much easier to to calm yourself down watch them uh, do their play and then just take the ball when they fail right what were what were some of the big things that you shifted for yourself then? Because I I think that's that's a nice umbrella concept. Mm. What are in in terms of maybe game sense or changing how you played a little bit? Do you have any things that you can remember or really connect back to that you shifted within your gameplay to be able to play better? Or have better game sense or make better decisions? I think my problem at the beginning was I thought I knew everything. When I came to GC1 or Champ 3, I thought like I knew um, the game sense. I knew how to play Rocket League. I knew how to rotate. I was 100% sure about it. Until my friend who was in SSL and we played together and he just trash talked me because I did so many mistakes. Hmm. Uh, then I just understood that, yeah, I'm GC1. And for me, it was extremely good. Not a lot of player is in GC1. But when he um, explained uh, how he plays in his rank and what they do and what all my small mistakes were, uh, I understood fast that, wow, I know so little about Rocket League and how the game <laughs> should be played. <laughs> and that was a big game changer for me. Mm-hmm. And How long ago if, was that? <laughs> it's uh, it's not a year. It's uh, maybe five months, four or five months. Okay. So about five months ago, you were in GC1. Yeah. And now would no, you say GC. that you're solidly GC2 or do you bounce back and forth? Like what, did, what was your MMR when you had this life-changing interaction with your SSL friend? And you had your, you know, your mind's eye opened up to what Rocket League is. And where do you sit now? Like, what's the difference in MMR? I was in 14.30, I would say. And I dropped, I wasn't stable at GC1 at that yeah, time. Yeah, that's like right on the edge. Yeah, and I dropped down to C3 and went up again. It, Yeah, it was back and forth. Every game session I had, to be honest, in that time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like uh, up to 1600 uh, 1600 solid 
Okay. So it's it's been a solid improvement. Yeah. And do you feel like the majority of that has come from decision making or have your mechanics improved as well? Decision making, 100%. So you feel like you've improved 170 points purely based off of decision making. Yeah, for sure. That and that blows my mind. And the reason why I think is the reason why because I thought the mechanics stopped me from grinding and then to improve. Because I had the mindset that I knew how to play Rocket League. I knew how to rotate into twos and threes also. I have the same problem. I had the same problem there too. And I thought like, okay, I just need to perfect my shots, my um, flicks and everything. So I used a lot of uh, time on practice to get better. And yes, of course, the improvement was big on the mechanics, but I didn't get up in rank. And so I didn't understand why. What are what are the big changes that you made with decision making and rotation? Like, I it it baffles my mind that you were able to. I mean, and I'm sure your mechanics have proved a, a little bit as well. Maybe mm. not that you put like uh conscious effort into it i'm sure that they've gotten a little bit better as you know you've gone up in these ranks and gotten used to the speed or whatever but what what were these changes and and what's the difference that you made to earn or create you know 170 extra points of mmr solidly for yourself i think the um the mindset in the start of the match to to adapt to your teammates because in in champ 3 and champ 2s um some players are just uh, aggressive have an aggressive playstyle mm-hmm. they want to score they love to score that's uh, the best feeling in rocket league and uh, if you are the same person you you want to do the same thing so you will be more um up to to score than uh, actually think about okay my teammates are is on the ball maybe i should have a little bit space between him and me so if he lose a 50 50 or he get beat or dunked uh, you could save the ball i have watched my replays um by my uh, by my cousin and we talked about uh, he was so furious because his teammates was were always on the ball and often he had the opportunity to score. But I thought like, I said to him uh, that, yeah, I know it's fr- frustrating to have your teammates always on the ball, ball chasing, and you have so many opportunities in a match to score if you just uh, left the ball. But in those games, in my opinion, it's the most, um, the best thing you can do is to just let him do it. Mm-hmm. And be more, be more patient and let him just do a ball chase because if both ball chase <laughs> you're screwed <laughs> yes. and it says itself maybe but i don't think people are aware aware enough about that because they just uh, lose patience and you mm-hmm. just go because it's my time now right whether or not it's actually their time, it's more just I want to go, so I'm going to go. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I feel like 
in the end of the match, maybe they have one goal more than you, and you just do everything. You ju just don't think. You just mm -hmm. yeah. You maybe think that it's it is it's enough. You just want to get the ball and score. Right. So patience adapting to your teammates is this something that your ssl friend said to you or is this just a realization that you had on your own no my ssl friend okay. and the one thing he also said that i'm struggling to do <laughs> is when he is um trying to dribble to score 2v1 mm -hmm. against the opponent um and we when he get a 50 and the ball goes up in the air and I'm behind, and I can take the shot. Uh, every time I take the shot, he is he is telling me, "Were you hundred percent sure that you were going to score that?" And ninety nine percent of the times, I said no, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> and he said, "You should never go for a ball you're not hundred percent sure that you're going to score or beat the opponent when you go for it." And that's really, was, yeah. What about 50 50 situations? Yeah, if you have the guys behind you, then it's okay. Oh, but if you have sure, your sure, guy sure. in front in front of you, you should never go for a 50. Yeah, because yeah, if, if you win, maybe you score. Yeah, and if you lose the 50, they score, and that's not the chance you want to take, right? Uh, so it's to be aware where your teammates are, it's so important. Mm -hmm. How did you take this idea of adapting to your teammates, adapting to their play, and actually execute on it? How did you implement that into your own game? I was an extremely aggressive player. I love to score. I love to pass. I love to just yeah do um, flashy mechanics and score uh, goals. But I've just thought that I need to accept that my teammate ain't that bad as I think. <laughs> I had mm. a problem thinking like, oh, I'm so much better than this rank. And some people told me, yeah, you could play in a few ranks above. But uh, after time, I understood that I couldn't because the things I did um, disrupted my teammates mm -hmm. more than I thought Sure. in the game. So I went to be a more um, defensive um, a defensive player than an offense, offensive player, and try to uh, to give my uh, teammate more time. Yeah. Hmm. And let me let me add this on to that idea. Before, describe to me how you felt about your teammates or how you would talk to yourself. The conversation you would have with yourself about your teammates prior to having this adapt to your teammate mentality as opposed to after you had this adapt to your teammate mentality? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I was like the typical player that thought like my teammates were the, the mistake in the team or that they did all the mistakes. And when maybe that was the case, maybe not. But either way, when I really understood that anyway, which mistake my teammate does, you can always do something um, better. And I've heard it a lot of times on YouTube and on coaches and tutorials and whatever. 
But when I didn't really understand it. How? I <laughs> I think it's weird because now I think it's stupid to not really listen to it and believe in it because it's so many weird things happening in the match when I play solo queue. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, can you repeat the question? I'm not sure if I went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went no, it's fine. So, I, and, and you started on the path that I was kind of expecting or that yeah. I was hoping for in that you know, when you, when you adapted this mentality or this mindset of adapting to your teammates or working with your teammates, how your mindset about your teammates changed from pro before that to after that, like how you thought about your teammates before you were trying to work with them. And then once you started working with them, once you started, you know, trying to work around them, how you mm -hmm. kind of talked or thought about your teammates. Um, when I could manage to put aside my ego. When I tried to lower my uh, impression of myself and um, really just uh, tried to change my mindset to like, I'm not the best in the Rocket League and I'm not... I The reason why I am in GC1 or Champ 3 it's a fair reason, and maybe I'm extremely good at mechanics, but there may be their lack of something else, and that made me um, realize that even if I'm good at many things in Rocket League, there are some things that I don't know that are holding me back. Mm -hmm. And maybe there, and I think I, like I'm not the only one, most likely. So if my teammate is rubbish at defense maybe he's extremely good in offense and if i just give him him the space and opportunity he will glow where um where he are uh, so he would shine on the things he can mm -hmm. and if and if i trying to look at his mistakes and figure out what his mistakes are in the match i could feel those mistakes mm -hmm. and I feel it's quite boring, but uh, sometimes I think that's the thing I had to do. So it seems like you you were able to create some compassion or understanding for your teammates once you let yourself get out of the way as well. Mm. Has that helped you enjoy the game more? At the beginning, no. But afterwards, <laughs> it, it didn't at the, at the first time, maybe the first week. But when I realized how many easier opportunities I got in the game by doing so. Tell me about that. What do you mean easier opportunities? Because sometimes, you maybe heard this before, but when you see the ball and you can go for it, maybe it isn't the best thing to do. Even if you can just take the ball easy. Also, if you just go for it and go maybe for a 50, but if you wait and wait for the enemy's touch or realizing what the enemy uh, enemies are doing, you can maybe let them uh, give you the possession. Often I feel like um, uh, the as, um, to, um, to do the best with the ball when you have the possession is nothing that's really... 
I'm sorry. Um, it's all right. I think like people doesn't realize. Uh, maybe they don't have the real plan for it. The real plan to when you get the ball, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. It just do something because the the enemy opponent just chasing me. I need to do something. I need to get it away from him. And maybe you you, you just panic. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I did. I felt like this is the obvious way to do. And the team and the enemies will think the same, most likely. That, yeah, he would just... Uh, I don't have an example, but if the ball is rolling to you and you just boom it to the other side, mm-hmm. the teammate will... Um, at least in, I think in lower ranks, they would just acknowledge that, okay, now he's going for a clear. And if you just relax and take and learn to to take the um, ball on top of your car and try to flick or maybe go for a 50 if your teammate is behind or take it up against the wall and do something different. Try, uh, I think like playing casual and try things you have never tried before. It's a good way to expand your uh, your uh, skill. Your uh, skill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your repertoire of what you can do for sure. Yeah, repertoire. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I I definitely agree with all of that, and I I really appreciate hearing that you know you were able to kind of put yourself into your teammates' shoes when you're able to do that, or at least, you know, have some compassion for your teammate uh, is probably one of the best ways that I can say it. It really allows you to be more capable of playing the game at a higher level. Mm. And, you know, winning a lot of games that you might not have played if you just go in, especially a 2v2 game, trying to play your own game, with some random person when at the end of the day, rocket league is a team game. Yeah. Okay. What are, what's maybe another thing that you, that changed about your game that led to this big increase in, in MMR. My SSL friend said to me, you should never pass the ball in twos, especially in the rank I was, or in the same rank I am today at GC2 and Champ 3. and Because uh, it's so risky hmm. if you pass the ball in twos. Because if you're... The, I have felt like my teammates, when I try to pass the ball, he goes anyway. He doesn't think about, oh, I don't reach this ball. Or maybe the enemy will beat me. He just goes for it because it's a pass. He uh. has to take it. And when I realized that you should... If you try to play like uh, one v one uh, with your teammate as a secure in the back, mm-hmm. if you play like that, I feel like um, it's a lot more uh, a more safe game to play. Mm-hmm. And with the mechanics people has have and myself, it's not enough to to take those chances to be a hundred percent. Maybe right. a ninety percent, but you you just don't want to go for a ninety percent shot. You want to go for a hundred percent shots. Yes, that's really interesting. So he he never. I mean, that might be different in SSL though. 
Yeah, for, of course. It is. He said so, at least. So it's mostly no. just because you can't necessarily trust the decision-making of your teammate. Yeah, I think it will do more damage to go for passes than it will do good. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side of that, then do you usually position yourself in a more conservative way, not necessarily looking for passes or being in a place where, you know, a 50-50 might come to you, you play more off the ball? Yeah, I would say so. But the thing that I have struggled with is that to be, have the perfect spacing between your teammates and the ball. Oh, yeah. Because he told me while we were playing, he said, like, where are you? You just ain't there. You should be uh, on the ball when he, yeah, in a situation. And I uh, thought, like, yeah, but what if you get a 50 with them and they get the pinch? Or... So uh, and sometimes I was too far up on my teammate's ass. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I had a lot of trouble, but I just, when I just knew about it, that when he told me that you are too close, you're too far away, finally I just got the understanding of where I should be. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, I knowledge in the situation he were in, I understood that what I had to do in the certain situations. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your your friend is uh, does a good job of telling it how it is. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he's not messing around. No, he didn't because... I think I am not sure, but I t- I told him that I'm a real serious player. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best player I can be. I want to be, <laughs> sorry, I want to be, um, I want to be the best in Norway where I come from, mm-hmm. and I want to uh, to to go international too. That's my dream and that's my goal, mm-hmm. for sure. And I'm trying to 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 do everything I can to learn things as fast as possible and to uh, acknowledge my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Always when I play at new teams or talk to new uh, uh, people, I always tell them, just say if I do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Just tell me. And uh, maybe the guy is better than me, maybe not. But maybe they have something in their gameplay that I don't have. Yeah. So, how uh, This SSL guy, how did you meet him? Um, by um, by mutual friends. Okay. Uh, I've heard about him, and I uh, he got really good at Rocket League. He was like uh, he knew Flakes and knew Jewels and people that he was like the best in one of the one of the best in Norway. He played at the, um, the top league in Norway, and um, and when I met a friend at high school. That uh, was his best friend, though. <laughs> mm. um, I started just to interact with them and talk a little about uh, uh, with the, um, the SSL guy, though. So uh, got it. And is this so? Is he still somebody that you play with? Yeah, not as okay. often, but he uh, he just play for fun mm-hmm. at these moments. But, not um, taking it as seriously anymore. No, he doesn't. I don't think he feel like he have the time or the the passion for Rocket League as he had sure. before. So when you're thinking about positioning, 
And I think positioning is one of the trickiest things in all of Rocket League. And the idea of being perfect just seems so out of reach because it's so intricate. What are what are some situations or or how would he describe or talk to you about when you can be closer to the ball or when you should be farther away from the ball? Like in in that little few sentences that you said earlier, it's like, why weren't you on the ball then? But then sometimes he said you were too close. So how how do you differentiate between those? How do you work with that? Um, when he repeated uh, the things that I did, because many times I went too close to him, mm-hmm. and um, and he tried to tell me that I had to uh, recognize the situation uh, between him and the first man on the other team. What can happen? Ask yourself the question, what can happen in this situation? And then if you... Uh, and he told me that I need to look more on the enemy players and him as well, instead of uh, only focusing on the ball. Don't get the tunnel vision on, mm-hmm. on the wall all the way. So he told me every mistake I did while we were playing, and afterwards we went to the replays. And then he just um, expanded uh, the situation and the details behind it. So I really understood what I did wrong. Because mm-hmm. I, many times I have been in a situation where I did, I, I knew I did something wrong, but I didn't knew what I could do, done better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's been a setback for me. That yes, I knew I did a mistake. But I I didn't know what was the better thing to do. And did he help you with these better things? Or has that just been like a trial and error thing that you've figured out along the way? He said what I should have done uh, instead in his perspective. And uh, I tried it, but uh, I didn't really understand what he did uh, until I played games afterwards, after our session. And I just played by myself and I was really focused on what he told me. Like, Mm -hmm. look at the situation in front of you. Mm -hmm. Instead of guessing that, okay, uh, he's going to win this 50 because he's so good. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I went too far up because I just (laughs) expected him to to win the situation. But sometimes he didn't. And he's just like, what are you doing? Right. So it's like, um, don't overestimate your teammate and not underestimate your teammate. It's right. maybe a way to, to tell it. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that is an interesting thing. This is this is almost my perspective a little bit, is that when you were in GC one, that your mechanics were probably and you can you can let me know if I'm I'm hitting this at all right, that your mechanics were very solid, that you were very strong in your all all the mechanic side of things but then once you hung out with this ssl once you learned a little bit more about the intricacies of the game then you're able to plop on top of your mechanics better decision making and then you see this increase in mmr because now you're you've married the two together yeah exactly 
And I feel like you get a little more opportunities when you uh, get a better game sense, uh, game sense and game knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because I, many times... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, you said you get better opportunities? Yeah. What do you mean by you get better opportunities? Because sometimes I... I feel like I rush the situation. I like uh, I play too aggressive. Mm -hmm. Where I have I had a free ball and I could take it on top of my car and dribble, but instead I just panic and went for a bad shot. Mm. Or uh, yeah, just like small things that uh, I could have done much better with the possession I had. Mm -hmm. Instead of going on autopilot and just boom the ball when you had the chance and uh, when you have the chance. Right. So now would you say that you have slowed down your play then? Yeah, in a way. And you're taking more possession of the ball. And I, yeah. And I also think um, a little bit more about what I'm doing and what, um, what the situation can, uh, not the situation, but uh, I just think about think about more uh, what I can do and uh, opportunities when I get the ball. I'm trying to look um, on my on the enemies and where my team teammates are at and then I take the situation after considering where they are where there is sorry. <laughs> mm, no, that's fine. So yeah. then this is all great and I'm super excited that you learned so much from this guy and we're able to actually execute on it. I'm sure that feels really good. Now, five months on your GC two, what's, what's next? My, my friends that I play with and teammates are telling me that you just need to be more consistent and to play faster. How does that happen? Yeah, that's what I think too. <laughs> that's my thoughts too. Uh, but I played with another friend that are closely to SSL in trees. Mm -hmm. He's an SSL ones main, and uh, I just I was so curious. What's the difference between where I am and where he is? And um, he said, "Yeah, I go on my main account, and uh, we will try." in the lobby with only SSLs and me then. And um, I got shocked about how good they were having their momentum in the game. They never stopped. Even mm -hmm. if they had boost or not, they were extremely good at recoveries and ex especially the boost management. I found myself that every time I went for a hundred boosts, I used 40 boosts afterwards oh yeah so you would get a hundred boost and then you'd immediately use 40 of it just yeah, to like get back into the play or something like that yeah instead of just doing a flip for instance mm, mm -hmm. so uh when i got <laughs> that was a big uh, uh what's the word uh, uh like a shortcoming yeah i just like I didn't even recognize that. Mm -hmm. It ain't weird that I feel like I often don't have boost or it's where are all the boost pads <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Oh. And that's something that you've just noticed recently? 
Yeah, after the uh, the game in SSL lobby. Okay, and when was how long ago was that? It's it was last week. Oh, so pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. So what's what's on your checklist right now? Then what are the things that you're looking at? What are the things that you're working on? Uh, I remind myself to be more aware of the enemies and my teammates what they're doing and um, yeah just awareness itself uh, boost management uh, to be better and to be more consistent to grab the small pads and play around the small uh, not around but play with the pads make roots and uh, do cuts that combine the, the boost pads and the game mm-hmm. in a perfect way Mm-hmm. So when I have a shot opportunity, I don't have a 14 boost and I make a bad shot. Instead of I can have a 60 boost and do a perfect power shot. Yeah. And have you um, have you seen any results from that yet? Or like, what are you doing to work on that? I watch my replays afterwards and only focusing on my boost. Mm-hmm. When I when I see a player where I get a bad shot, I um I go back in the replay and I look how I manage my boost before the shot. Mm-hmm. What do I do with the boost? Which pad do I take? Do I take any pads at all? I mm-hmm. find out the reason why I do things poorly when I could have done them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then. Also, uh, you said something about playing faster as well. Obviously, consistency. I think part of it is getting to be faster, and then it just takes time to get used to that new speed that you're playing at, and then the consistency kind of follows that. So what are some things that you're doing to up the speed of your play? Yeah, that's a good question because my SSL friend, he said, don't play faster than you are, if that makes sense. Mm. Don't try to go for a ball in such a speed that you're not comfortable in. But then at the same time, somebody's telling you to play faster? Somebody else is telling you to play faster? Yeah, and when I have talked to myself and thought about it, and as my understanding of it, it ain't that the person against you are playing faster than you but his position and his um, uh, decision making is much better than mine because he can understand where the ball are going before I can right so and when I've talked about this to my SSL friend and he said that it ain't the speed it in itself because you can't go faster than supersonic right right so it's what you do before and the, the decision making and the game sense you have, because mm-hmm. you know uh, how to to take the situation in the best way. Or just a, a, a as funny as a a way of saying this is like a more enlightened way. SSLs just <laughs> know more; they understand more, so they yeah. can do more with that. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. Or they just make a better decision. Like you said before, on a 50-50 where you weren't 100% sure of that, in SSL, 
or a higher, a high, high level player would just back off. You know, they wouldn't go for that. They would wait till they have a better opportunity to go for the ball where a champ two, champ three, somebody lower would go for that. And that's their attempt in that moment on the ball instead of backing off and waiting till, like you said, the opponent does an air dribble or just gets a bad dribble or a bad shot. And then you get possession cleanly from that in your own opportunity, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a bad 50, 50. And I, I think sometimes for me, what I find with higher level players is that they will just, I don't, they're like predators. They just wait for their moment to strike you know, they mm, wait for yeah, that yeah. moment where us lower level folks will just mess something up, hand the ball over to them on a silver platter, and then they'll do everything that they can do with the ball and score or make two people miss and create an open net opportunity for a teammate. Absolutely. And I think that if you, in an example, if you take, um, if you take the ball, if you always dreamt to win a tournament and the ball right in front of you is the third place if you hit the ball in this uh, second uh, this situation if you hit the ball you get the third medal it's yours you got a uh, you're extraordinarily happy and it's fantastic you got third place in the tournament but if you just take one turn and let the player hit the ball to you or miss the ball there, in the first place, lies mm-hmm. right in front of you. Because you didn't take the glory right away. Because mm. you thought, like, oh, it's a safe uh, third place. Why shouldn't I take it? It's better than no place at all. Yeah. But if you just wait, or maybe do a turn, is that something I think you need to be aware of and experience? And often you can look at it on pro uh, players' replays, too. Is this just something you're coming up with yourself? It's something I, I feel have worked for me. I feel something that happens a lot. And I wonder how does Monkey Moon do the things he does, for example. I watch BDS and I think they're just insane. Mm-hmm. But, but I also ask questions. And a lot of my, my SSL friends, after we have played a session, I look on the replays and I watch... How can he do uh, almost in any situation he go for a, f- a flip reset or a, a ceiling shot when I feel like I never get the opportunity mm-hmm. because I know I can't do them, but I never get to the opportunity to do them in game. Yeah. And that's, I think, it has a lot about what you do before and where you are positioning yourself before the play. Sheesh. And th- that's that's th- some heavy stuff right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 really good though because think about how fast pro games are, right? And yet Monkey Moon and plenty of other pro players, but Monkey Moon obviously, you know, stands above a lot of folks right now, still has the ability to create those opportunities for himself. It's uh it's fascinating and it's uh incredible. Yes, I I completely agree. And I just, I think another really good way that kind of came into my head as you were talking about hitting that ball and getting the guaranteed third place instead of being patient and, you know, 
there might be an opportunity right around the corner that could lead to a first place. Have you ever, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, It's but it's like stepping over dollars to pick up a dime. I never heard about it before, no, but I understand the meaning. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that exact same thing. You're yeah. looking for something specific, and so you're stepping over or taking yourself out of really good opportunities just because you know you know what's comfortable or you want to go for that thing that you know. Yeah, that's wild. I I I think there's a lot there, and I I would certainly. I've I've thought a, a lot about that speed thing, kind of what you were saying in regards to the SSL guy saying, all you can do is go supersonic, right? You can't go any faster. Mm -hmm. But the fact that SSLs can read the ball better, that they make better decisions, that means all the difference in the world. Yes. That uh, That's very agree. interesting to me. Okay, before we start shutting the show down, what do you feel like is is one other thing that you might be thinking about or really focusing on to push yourself forward so that you can continue towards that best in Norway goal? That's a huge goal. I like it. I am I want to to be better to understand the game. To take the loopholes in the match, if that's a way to say it. And just um, get better at the game's knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've always been focused on mechanics. And I thought like, yeah, game sense, you need a little bit of that. But if you have really good mechanics, you will grow and shine. But uh, in my opinion, that's not the case at all. Mm. It's kind of more opposite. And I just want to get a better understanding of the higher level place and... Mm -hmm. And just uh, get more information about uh, what to do in uh, in such situations. Mm -hmm. so, so, I, I sorry uh, for I, jumping in. Yeah, no problem, no problem. And I I don't know if you were getting to this, but I'm just going to ask you anyways. What are you going to do so that you can start increasing that knowledge? Ask people in the Norwegian community that I know are much better players than me. And maybe not right away, but um, be more active in the community. Because the community in Norway ain't that big. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a good thing. Because mm -hmm. it's easy to to get to know each other and uh, have... All sort of con uh, conversations, and um, I asked my SSL friend. I just want to say it. I asked him, "How should I know this?" I'm DC one. I search so many times, so how to get to SSL? But I can't find anything uh, specific. And uh, I think it's. And he just said, "You you shouldn't know it because you are the the rank you are." But and I said, "But." Uh, how how can I know? How how did you know? <laughs> how did you get to SSL? Did you just do it by yourself? And he said, no, I asked. I asked a lot of players. I asked of tips and he was open to others' uh, type of playstyle and what they thought was the right thing to do in Rocket League. Mm -hmm. 
so I am. Um, I think I will um, be much more aware about what I do on the pitch, and also um, be searching for more knowledge in Rocket League. Nice. I I look forward to hearing how that goes, and small. Well, not small, not shame, very shameless plug. If you ever want to share the knowledge that you're getting in the Booster Club, come join the Booster Club. It's it's the coolest Discord in Rocket League. I don't think anybody's going to say no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So any of this good stuff that you shared with me over the past hour, I'm sure there there would be lots of people that would... uh, love to hear it the more that you're willing willing to share for sure I am. if none of I them are it, i certainly am <laughs> yes for sure and i i think the the biggest problem uh, about the game sense part of rocket league it is that it's hard to explain i feel it very hard to explain it yeah and, and to give other people the same um, the same and uh, feeling of what you have learned if Mm -hmm. that makes sense totally um, well i think it's i think again you know when you think about play style or positioning or decision making in something like chess for instance you have mm -hmm. 64 squares and you can only move certain pieces in certain places at certain times right it's very and eventually once you get to a middle game and end game a lot of decision making goes into it but when you're thinking about openings there are only so many options there there are clear ways to go about that are going to lead you to success but in rocket league you know you have this whole field that's just open to you and everybody thinks about it differently they communicate it differently they they feel it differently just like you said and Mm -hmm. finding a way to take that feeling to take those thoughts and transform them into something that somebody else would understand without divulging your entire philosophy or how you feel about it and how you think about it yourself, it's not something that can easily be done in like a five-minute video or a one-play session. That's true. So I I definitely see where you're coming from, and it can be tough to kind of give away that knowledge to somebody else. Yeah, and also I... I encourage people to check out Green Warrior because he 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 um he shows you the things with um with an app where he um, it's not typing but it's uh, drawing yeah on the replay mm-hmm. drawing roots and what you should do instead mm-hmm. and that helped me a lot to understand more about the gameplay part uh, game sense sorry yeah I uh, I found his YouTube channel and his Twitter. And I might just uh, link those in the show notes, but I think I'm going to try and reach out to this guy to see if I can get him on the show as well. That uh, I think yeah, that would be a very good idea because he has a lot of things uh, behind the, the videos too. I have been coached by him as well. Yeah, and it, his Fiverr mm-hmm. says that people keep coming back. Green Warrior mm-hmm. has an exceptional number of repeat buyers. Yes. He is Fiverr's choice. For Rocket League coaching. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, he has 204 reviews and he has a five-star rating. 
on Fiverr. <laughs> so yeah. he clearly uh, does pretty good work. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate all the insight. I think uh, this has been pretty valuable and pretty interesting. Um, I will I will be very intrigued to hear how your progress continues uh, as you're moving away from GC2 and getting into GC3 and getting to the top of Norway because, yes. you know, I've talked about it with other people on the show before. The higher you get, the the bigger the gaps are in between you know, your rankings and, and what it takes mm -hmm. to get better. So I wish you the best of luck. And it sounds like you're certainly committed, which is a huge part of it. Thank you. And likewise as well. Hey, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, uh, as always, what are, what are the final thoughts that you might have for the infinite boost podcast listeners? Uh, let me think. Um, I think you should never play a game if you feel like you are a little bit toxic. <laughs> Take a break. Nice. And just come back. take a break. But yeah, just take a break. Don't uh, don't try to play one game even if you are <laughs> have the mindset that you won't win it or if that makes sense just when you are queuing up for a match have the mindset that you're going to win this mm -hmm. and when you start to feel a little bit toxic take a break or maybe a five minute minutes break take a glass of water something to eat or just log off rocket league and go on the next day with a better mindset what do you feel like is your reasoning for that or what what do you what do you think is the is the hindrance or the bad thing about being in that place because when you get angry and toxic you don't learn as well as when you're happy and enjoying rocket league mm, i'm glad i asked because that is not the response that i expected <laughs> i like that which is totally true cool uh where can people find you out on the internet I am uh, on Twitch for the most at the Noxus and I'm not as online on Twitter but uh, I want to start tweet and um, at Discord I have a Discord a small community at Discord okay well shoot me that link too because I'm happy to post that as well and it looks like you didn't send me that one. So send me that one and I'll make sure to have a link for that as well. Yeah, I will do. Cool, man. Uh, and then a question for the audience. What would you what would you like to hear about from the the Infinite Boost podcast audience? Do you give space for teammates? Really think about it before you answer. Do you give them enough space? Hmm. And hopefully, um, uh, not hopefully, but just think about it and go through it in your mind. 
if you're a type, and uh, also type why you think you are giving them enough space. If you do. Nice. Cool. Yes, I will I will make sure to have that on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you answer. If you're not, just come join the Discord and let us know because always love having more people in the Booster Club and, and hearing from everybody. Well, Noxus, um, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come and chat with me. I'm not sure about this. Uh, and I hope this isn't offensive, but it sounds like English might not be your yeah, first sorry. language. <laughs> no, it isn't. No, I was going to say that you did a really good job. Thank you, man. I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, if somebody asked me to come on a podcast in literally any other language, I'd be like, thanks, but no thanks. Because as a true American, all I know is... American, which is obviously English. I'm not that thick-headed. Uh, so for you to have the willingness to come on here and and uh, strut your stuff in something that you might not necessarily be super comfortable with, I appreciate it. And I would I would certainly say that you did an excellent job, and I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so thank you a lot for um, coming on. Thanks for the time. Best of luck with everything. And as always, thank you for the boost. Thank you.